Welcome to the Art of the Dive. Uh, it's a duo pod tonight with me, your host, Jacob Close, and Nick Zupon. This is the first time I think we've done a duo pod together. Oh, yeah. Uh, are you excited? Oh, uh, I'm yeah. I'm so excited for us and just feel sorry for everyone else who has to listen to this, but it's going to be a I good can't time. Wait. Yeah, I can't wait to lose all of the listeners that we have, <laughs> which is like 20. Suck so. it, Marco. We just lost all yeah. your subscribers in one podcast. Yeah. Uh, how's your week, Ben? Um, good. Getting over good. some jet lag. I was in Poland and Italy last week, so I was a little bit absent, but getting back into the swing of things. Um, That's right. Yeah. Well, I ex- I expect at least one good story from from that trip on this pod. Um, oh yeah. I also am going to apologize to listeners. I have a little bit of congestion and I'm feeling a little under the weather, but you know I'm here and I'm going to make it happen. Unlike our co-hosts who are. Uh, at a dinner club or something. Yeah, they're having dinner. Know. Every single day this week, they're having dinner, so they were unable to pod, which seems like yeah. a, a strange thing, like a strange excuse to get out of potting. Like, oh, you eat dinner? Like, I eat dinner every single night, too. But here I am. <laughs> yeah. You know? Here we are. All right. So, this is a good question to get started um, from Keith. Is FPL fun or frustrating? How much time is too much time spent on it per game week? I'll let you answer that one first. Uh, let's see. Is FPL fun? I don't think FPL is fun, regardless of who's playing it. I think we all do it because we're we're addicted to the game and we're addicted to the gamble of of getting it right, and we never do. So I guess I would say that is it fun or frustrating um i don't know it's like a drug that you can't stop taking it's neither fun nor frustrating you just you just do it and you don't know why you're doing it and you just keep doing it and uh in the off season you get a little bit of a break and you say why do i keep doing this to myself but then when the season continues or starts you're just you know you're like nah fuck it let's go another season yeah. i'm in your answer is darker than mine i was just gonna say it's frustrating i th- what do you think though if you were like really good like top 1k do you think it would be fun then no i think it is like a hobby where you invest a lot of time and you unless you're in one of those leagues where you like get some kind of prize at the end of the league i think you just end up like spending a lot of time it kind of ruins watching the games because you're so invested in your fpl players that you don't even care about the sport um yeah i guess i kind of have like a really negative outlook on everything at this point but that's that's (laughs) where i'm at yeah um (laughs) pods over thanks keith (laughs) um yeah no i will say like watching arsenal just bang goals against leicester i was like kind of disappointed because i was like i don't have martinelli i don't have yeah you didn't have those guys so like you can't even enjoy the success that arsenal is having right now which is really funny i i did i did enjoy that game but that's okay and how much time is too much time i'll answer that one uh it should take you about like three minutes to set your lineup that's about how much time it takes me and i'm terrible so there you go all right uh this is a question that i feel like wilson's targeting me directly uh how low of an or starts uh do you still have a chance of 
I don't know. I don't know if her question means like doing well or winning. Um, one million, two million, four million. I, I think it's really early, and so I don't know if I personally will ever have a chance at winning. Um, I'm just not very good at this game, but I think even if you're four million this early, you don't give up. You can still make make way. And honestly, this year has been very interesting. I was looking at a lot of points. There's so many people who are scoring. I have none of them, which is why yeah. I suck. But like, it's very it, you know you could have a lot of different teams and still be doing well. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, Nick. It's a long season, so. I, I don't know if there's like a, a someone out there who's like mathematically if you are at four million OR there's no way you can win, but I think we're we're t- what we're on game week three at this point so there's a lot of soccer or football to be played so uh, I've I've seen some tweets which are kind of funny to me like oh my season's over I'm at OR like uh, two million or four million or six million or whatever but I think a lot of people don't have the stamina to stick with it. So if you can stick with it the entire season, you're going to improve your OR and everyone has a chance at this point. Like it's way too early in the season to be like, it's over. But I totally understand if people want to give up and just be like, I'm done with FPL. I'm just going to enjoy the season and, and watch football and not worry about player performances. That's, that's totally valid. And I, and I feel you, but we've said over and over, this is a marathon, not a sprint. So so the the tweets are uh they tickle me because looking at someone who's like yeah i'm at four million i'm done i'm not gonna continue to play this fpl season it's like you have a chance millions of people are going to stop playing in the next few weeks here and you you can easily make up ground like yeah 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 you like being tickled don't you by twitter Mm. yeah when Um, when you're doing it with a feather i i enjoy that (laughs) Okay. You need to do more of that because there was only that uh, one night and then you didn't yeah, do it I ever again. I, so, like, that's a problem uh, for me. Okay. Good to know. I can't make comebacks like Marco. I'm not as good as a co or as a host. Are you I'm bringing your uh, your assorted feathers to the alumni game here in the next couple oh, weeks? Oh, yeah. Handcuffs, feathers, you know, whips, all of it. It's just going to be brought in a trunk on the plane. So, Did you spend more time preparing for your sexual toys that you were going to bring to our uh, yearly get-together, or did you spend more time training to get into uh, proper playing shape? Well, I mean, proper playing shape is debatable. Um, I guess the sex toys is yeah, probably the answer. Are they one and the same? Like, are you getting in shape both <laughs> to have a sexy body for when we do, like, the weird, like, circle house uh, playtime? After party? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would say that's the correct answer there. <laughs> awesome. Um, I'm so excited. Fully torqued right now. Yeah. So, somewhat related, Bobby Love asked, what is your favorite Black Eyed Peas song? Um, I put this up front because I was going to say, you know, let's get it started since it's the beginning of the pod. But that's a lie, Bobby. My favorite song is My Humps. And I know that's what you wanted to hear. So. There we go. I like that thanks, one. Thanks for that. It's a good one. Yeah, I wanted to you? play that so you so our listeners would be fully aware of what song you were referring to. It's a great song. Yeah, do, I, I mean, were they as big in England as they were in America? I don't know. 
I would love to know because that is that's like a classic song. I remember listening to that in like high school and kind of being kind of intrigued by the uh, mix your milk with my Cocoa Puffs line yeah. in that song. I was a little naughty, you know, as, as a teenager. Yeah. I was like, oh, what are, the, what are they saying in this song? Yeah. And, um, you know, I don't know if it made it across the pond, if it was the Black Eyed Peas were as popular. Here's So here's mine. It's uplifting, so it's kind of a it's a change of direction in terms of the tone of uh, my sentiments towards uh, FPL. But this one's uh, "Where's the Love." It's very uplifting. Yeah this, is, yeah, this is a good song. It's it's a good one. So, anyways, our our pod's gonna get shut down because of uh, copyright infringement. But I'm sure that was Bobby Love's intention. He asked us that <laughs> question specifically so we'd play some Black Eyed Peas, and then he'd uh, he'd get us closed down so he doesn't have to listen to us anymore. Jokes on you, Fed. We don't have any listeners. <laughs> um, next question: <laughs> Who is the biggest basket case of a club, Barca or Man U? Uh, 2.0. And I added that you for you, Nick. You. <laughs> Um, yeah, no one needs to know the background in that story. I'm not going to tell that one on the pod. Uh, okay, all right. That's going to be we'll like if you secret. are a Patreon subscriber, you can hear the, the, the special edition version of that story. But I'm not – okay, I digress. I digress. Man U is an absolute dumpster fire of a club right now. I know Barca can't afford to play their pay their players, and yet they're still signing more players, and they basically like sold their soul to continue as a club. But Man U is absolutely hilarious to me with uh, uh, embarrassing losses and like their entire fan base turning against this this new manager who they were like, oh my God, he's going to save us. He's going to turn everything around. We're pressing now. It's amazing to within like two weeks, like he's the worst coach I've ever seen. This is despicable. I hate this club. The owners need to leave. The manager needs to leave. They need to sell all their players. Man U is a complete dumpster fire, and I'm here to just watch it burn. Yeah, and I agree with you on the whole Barca thing. It kind of makes me think of that movie um, Bedazzled with Brendan Fraser, where he basically keeps making deals with the devil, um, that really hot actress that I don't know her name. Elizabeth and Hurley, bas- yeah. she's. Uh, I think <laughs> she's British, so like, you know. Yeah, so the Brits will know um, who she is, but yeah, so basically that's what I feel like Barca's, Barca's doing, like, and I don't know how they're getting away with it, but they are, it's, so it's like, it's just something that we keep letting happen. Like, I didn't even realize they had Lewandowski on their team. Like, I was like, oh. You didn't know they signed Lewandowski? I had no idea. I knew he left, but I didn't realize he went there, and I was like, that's so crazy. Yeah. But yeah, I would agree, Man United just seems like more of a mess right now. So, I think it's not, more not, relevant to FPL too. Just like yeah, Barca, I could care less if if they are not you know financially solvent or whatever. But yeah. man, you just like completely like screwing up the first two games of the season. Just uh, it tickles me. You know that's going to be the theme for today's pod. I'm tickled, <laughs> extremely tickled, like better than Jake's feathers tickled by man yeah. U's, uh lack of success so far good good that's what we want here um and then the last question to kind of get it started is you know just kind of as a whole 
take hits or not take hits this early in the season. Thomas Bracken asked specifically about Martinelli. I can definitely answer this question first. I took a hit to get Martinelli. I did too. Yeah, I did too. In a sense, so. Yeah, I think this early in the season, if you're not planning to wildcard next week or the week after, it makes sense, right? Like, hits aren't that bad of a thing if you're going to have the player for a very long time. And if it helps you get certain players in before they price rise, I think, honestly, I made a mistake last week of not, not making a transfer. And I think part of this game is just stats-based. I get that. Marco, you know, computer, you know, analytics, FC... But a lot of it is intuition as well. So I really debated bringing in Martinelli last week. And I was like, oh, my team's not too bad. Mount will do fine. And, you know, it's like it would have made more sense to bring in Martinelli. He scored a goal. Like it, it just a little bit of it is intuition. And the computer-based models take a little bit more time to catch up. So I think it's you got to be a little bit of both. But that's just me. So Yeah, from my perspective, I think that Martinelli was due to price rise and... I had uh, Leon Bailey in my team. I had also yeah. Rashford on my team. So I ended up making two moves. I moved out Bailey and Rashford for Martinelli and uh, KDH. So yeah. my my strategy, I don't know if it's right or wrong, but my strategy early in the season is always to take advantage of price rises and price drops. So I want to move out those players that are going to price drop and move in the players who are guaranteed to price rise. I, I think that, yeah. Yeah, I tend to do yeah. that just to build, like, team value. And also, Martinelli's been banging. Like, he's he's a great player. He's a great midfield asset. Even if he's a 6.3, like, he was worth the hit for me. I don't know this year if I will take as many hits as I did last year. I think the COVID situation really, like, threw a wrinkle into things last year where we were having to maybe take like one or two hits each game week when the the fixture congestion was at its peak because there were players who were out for several days but yeah i i i took yeah. a hit for martinelli hopefully i won't regret that decision but arsenal have been flying they have a pretty easy schedule moving forward so i i just don't want to lose ground on those teams that started the season with martinelli and and fall I behind agree. He's owned by a lot of teams, which is important. You hit the nail on the head or the, the you know, you tickled right with the feather or however you want to say it, that the other important part about taking hits is who are you moving out? Are you moving out someone like a, a James, Reese James who's doing well? No, that's a bad that's a bad hit. But if you're moving out someone like Leon Bailey who isn't even didn't even start yeah his, yeah yeah his fixtures are getting tough then yeah do it that that's the other aspect of the hit situation that makes sense to well me. it's like so i guess it's that, like either yeah. you wild card to get in these guys or you need to take a hit i mean you start the season with the guys that you think are going to perform the best over the first few game weeks and then you start to get more information i thought man you based on their preseason form would at least like be competitive but they're awful so rashford has to go and i don't want to lose value holding him so that's where we're at and that that leads us into our teams um which is going to be the saddest section of this pod most likely um but you're probably doing better than me do you want to start or do you want me to start for our our teams i'm so i had a an okay first game week but not like a great one because i did not have holland in my team so Mm -hmm. um Right now, I'm sitting at about 800k for my overall. 
this past game week. I okay. had 76 points. Um, so I captain Holland, which a lot of people did. I have Jesus uh, as my other striker, so he, you know, obviously banged it. I have Saul and Luis Diaz, Rashford, who I moved out. Um, Cancelo, who basically everyone has. I have Walker as well, so he got the the clean sheet points. I have Trippier, and then I have James. So Trippier got the the clean sheet and the one bonus point, and then James had a nice um, nice little goal in that Spurs matchup. So overall, like, uh, I wish I were better. I think last year I was in, like, the top 200K at the beginning of uh, Game Week 3. But I, I'm i just hoping to improve from here. So I'm at about 800K, like I said, 76 points this Game Week and taking a hit to bring in Martinelli and just make yeah, some, some roster adjustments. We'll see where we go from here. That's way better and less sad than what I'm going to share with the listeners. Here we so. go. Um, I had a game week total of 44. Uh, the average was 57. The high was 139. And I had a game week rank just under 7 million. So I'm sitting at an overall of uh, just under 4 million for my overall <laughs> rank. <laughs> All right. So you're going to want to um, quit. You're just going to want to close yeah. out the season and uh, just yeah. write it off until next season. Here we go. Yeah, I'm just going to pick up a job as, you know, a feather tickler. So hit, d- hit me up, DM me. Um, basically, I'm going to say here's the main thing. I put up a sticky note so this doesn't happen again. Don't listen to Jim in the beginning of the season. I don't know why I didn't go with Jesus. It was really stupid. I was planning to get him in game week three, and I completely regret it. And that's not the only issue that my team has, but that is a major issue when he bangs two goals and two assists against Leicester. Um, Especially when he's just, owned by almost 80% of uh, yeah, the players. Yeah, exactly. It, it was a fair point that Jim made. Like, we never know how the price rises and drops are going to work. But people were more patient with him after he didn't score against Crystal Palace. And Crystal Palace obviously are a little bit better than most teams, so... Yeah, I mean, but it's just too much to screw around with that and made a mistake. But my midfield is just terrible. Like, I had Mount, Neto, Saka, basically all the midfielders that aren't doing anything I have in my team. That's um, good. We'll talk about that with plans later. Yeah, it's good. And then uh, Cancelo and James did fine. But then I've had this duo of Rabo and Trent. So I made the wrong call with Rabo as well. And then I have the Leicester keepers. So they've been absolute trash because... Brendan Rodgers doesn't know what he's doing. I I don't like him as a manager. I'm I'm just going to say that. I think he makes teams worse over time. Like he did okay his first year there, but they've just gotten worse. I don't know how much that's on him, but You don't like Brendan Rodgers? I just don't think he knows what he's doing. Like I I, I yeah, I I just don't like maybe it's like a financial thing for them, but what have they done? They've just let Vardy get older and older. You know, they didn't sell Maddo, and Maddo's fine. He's a great player. I wouldn't want to sell him either, but it's like you haven't brought any players around to really help them. And, I mean, they won They won the Premier League. Like, I, I feel like they would have had enough funds to, like, kind of bring in better players. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't run a soccer club. I just don't like what he does with that team. Um, yeah, so. I mean, I'm mad too because Leicester players aren't banging crazy goals. I just wish... <laughs> I knew what their trajectory was. Like, are they going to be a bad team? Or are they going to be an okay team? 
I think defensively they're going to be terrible, and offensively they're going to get some goals here and there. Yeah. Did you see one of the goals? I think Ward, the keeper, he like basically just flubbed like a a floated cross, and then yeah, whoever got on the end of it and just laid it in. It was like, so I have Ward as one of my goalkeepers because like I'm just taking advantage of that price, but he looks awful from the eye test perspective. It's just like, how do you? He does. Yeah, I don't know. But but. Arsenal had a ton of shots, and that's tough because that defender was just kind of staying in his way and didn't move, which I get it. And I, but, but yeah, it was terrible. Listen, I mean, it's Brandon Rogers' fault for it. the goalkeeper <laughs> sucking ass, and that deflected I mean, Jesus goal, Jesus goal, uh, whatever else Arsenal no. did well. It's Brandon Rogers' right, fault. Right. You know, Brandon Rogers, he, he has a portrait of himself in his house. Yeah, that makes me like him even less. That's so. pretty funny, like, as a manager. Like, you would expect yeah. that maybe of of a player, like, to have a big ego. Like Zlatan, right? Like, Zlatan yeah. Ibrahimovic, no doubt, has, like, multiple art pieces of his own self. But Brendan yeah. Rodgers, like, would you expect that? Just how no, funny is that, I'd... like... Like MTV Cribs, they're doing like a little walkthrough of his house <laughs> and they turn the chords like, oh, yeah, and here's the picture of me. I really like it because I look at it and I'm like, this is a mirror, but no, it's just me. So yeah. that's Brendan Rogers for anyone who is wondering. That's what he sounds like. I I just don't like him because he uh he was good at Liverpool when he had like Suarez and Sterling, and then he was like trash at Liverpool when he had bad players. So I think he just is like if he has like a Pep Guardiola lineup, he could be successful and then everyone will be like he's the best manager ever but i think it's just based on the players that he has yeah i would i would agree with that um so the hive team they did well 80 points on the week um wait can you explain to me what the hive team is i don't know if everyone knows like what that what that exactly is. oh yeah i'll explain it sorry so the hive team is uh basically made up of our like subscribers and we basically vote on i don't because i do a bad job about it but we basically vote on like who's going to be in the team at the beginning of the year pretty systematically it's run by wilson so congrats to her and we appreciate all the work she's putting in and so we basically vote on it and each week you know we vote players in and out or decide to hold or not hold and everything's kind of based as a hive mind yeah and so yeah typically it does really well i don't think i've ever beaten the, the hive team which is sad maybe one year i don't know no, they're but very the good. One thing they're that, very good. Yeah. The one thing that uh, FPL Gas was asking is if anybody knows any other community-based teams to please message us on Twitter um, at DiveFPL or, you know, get in contact with us um, because, you know, we want this team to kind of be with other community-based teams and see how it does. But they got a solid game week score of 80. Uh, they had Holland captain, like most of us, Jesus, Cancelo, James, uh, Martinelli, Diaz, which is, you know, that's a good pick. And then Rhea and goal. So they did, they did really well. Their overall rank right now is 280,000. So they're, they're in a great spot. So there you go. Yeah. That, it's, it's like last season, I think they were up like in the top, like, I don't know, 10 K or 5 K or something like that. It was just incredible. Like you put your minds together and the team is exponentially more successful. Yeah. Interesting they, uh, stuff. 
It's interesting, and it seems to do really well. I should probably just copy it every year and then be happy. Makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. But instead, I like to torture myself. So let's do the leagues. Do you want to do the PSL Super League, All the right. best league in the world? Yeah, PSL Super League. Let me pull this up here. All right, so we're going to go through the uh, the top 13 um, just for funsies. So in 13th place, we have Butt Stuff United, managed by the real Dr. Jacob Close. Well done, real Dr. Jacob Close. Thanks. As opposed to the fake Dr. Jacob Close. And let's see. Uh, so tied for 11th, we have Marvin Andre and George Kenny. Uh, the managers there. Tenth place we have Blair Jafar, managed by KT. Ninth place we have Z's All Stars. Eighth place we have my favorite team name so far this season is Bukake or Bukake, if you if you will, managed by Bobby Love. In seventh place we have the uh, Art of the Art of the Hive, so the Hive team that we were just talking about. In sixth place, we have the Teeth of Suarez, managed by Potty Pa. In fifth, we have Dini's Cojones, managed by Stephen Toomey. Fourth is Sterling Effort, managed by Luke Bouillard. In third, we have the Cuyate Kid, managed by Matt Frisky. In second, we have the Lioness, Witch, and managed by Emma. And then in first place right now, we have... Footacy Fantaball, managed by Connor Murray. So some uh, some familiar names there at the top of the list. We have some some uh, pretty pretty solid managers in our uh, PSL Super League that kind of routinely are are top of the ranks. And you know, even though we're two game weeks in, um, I expect these these names to continue to to show up on the top of the list. And it was basically the same top ten last year, but. I do love that name, Bukaki. I mean, Bukaki from Bobby Love. It's a good name. Points for uh, creative names there. All right. I'm going to do League Dive, and I'll do top 10. So we have Fudasi Fantaball, Connor Murray, um, number nine. And then also tied with him is Guatemalan Cafe Magic, Uber Rodriguez. Uh, Number six, XYZ11, Pratek Aurora. And again, I apologize for any names that I'm butchering. Uh, number six, three men and a baby, uh, Ryan Hoffman. Number six, Northwest Export, Stephen Hardman. Number five, Leander Den Plonker, FPL Plonker. Number three, uh, Rooksta FC. Um, ah. 113 points. <clears throat> and I apologize. I'm not going to try your name today. Um, but yeah, Rooksta FC, no Sala. Sala and Kobo. That's like a there's like a prime example of like you can do this without having the template team this year uh captain kdb this week good job by him number three relegates ruben uh rakiza number two templar crusaders powell aka dj uh newton nice uh fellow dj good 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 on you number one s3012 uh shakti Sengwandar. uh we're gonna have to see if he's actually a robot because he's doing so well and he just has like letters and numbers for his name um we'll we'll check on that to verify and get back to you next week so um let's uh take a break and then we will get back to it and kind of do questions and thoughts for the next game week 
Welcome back to the second half of the pod. Um, we're going to be doing kind of questions for this next game week. So kind of kind of had like a little bit of a fire section. I feel like some people are doing really well, but a lot of these questions I feel like are pretty common across the FPL community. So one situation we'll start from the back is the goalkeeper situation. What do you do if you have double Lester? Um, I don't know about your thoughts on this. I've thought about it a little bit. I have too many issues in my team to deal with it right now. But if I did, I really like Sanchez or Rea at 4.5. I don't think I would be spending extra money on the bigger clubs. I don't know. What do you What do you think? Do you think bigger name keepers or would you go with like a 4.5 or would you just hold the double Lester? Uh, so if you went double Lester, that's an unfortunate decision that you made in the past. And I don't, I don't, I don't know what to say about that. Like hindsight bias is twenty twenty, as they say. But like, why would you have gone with two Leicester keepers at four knowing that they were looking for a replacement, and also knowing, I don't know, just like that was a poor decision. So I have Ward, but I also have um, Melier from Leeds. I think that was a stupid decision on my part. I should have gone Sanchez or Rea. Like, I don't know why I, I went Melier uh, from Leeds, but, you know. The, goal, right. the goalkeepers are just like, it's not something you would ever want to take a hit on. Uh, you want to make sure that you are not, like, fielding, like, really shitty players, but Ward is probably fine. I think he's, like, probably the... 12th highest projected goalkeeper in the next five game weeks here so it's not like a complete like emergency situation but Sanchez and Rea are definitely um, probably top eight in terms of goalkeepers at least in terms of their projections over the next five game weeks so if you are like an emergency situation you need another goalkeeper yes uh, but honestly like I I think the goalkeeper situation is just like, don't worry about it and make the move when you can, but don't take any hits. And uh, if you're on a wild card in the future, just like, you know, save that for a wild card in like game week five or game week seven. Gotcha. That's fair. That's fair. I would mostly agree. I don't think I'd go expensive, but I I do like Sanchez. Brighton looked pretty good defensively. Um, next question, uh, Guatam asked, what to do about Bailey? So you moved him out and you took a hit, so I'll let you take this one first. Yes, yeah, so I, I play incredibly quickly at the beginning of the season to avoid price drops. So with the news of Bailey not starting... Um, I basically moved him out immediately because I could sense, I could see that there was going to be a price drop happening soon. I really like, uh, uh, what is his name, Dewsbury Hall from Leicester. I don't know that the underlying stats really support the the FPL returns for him, but as a 5.0 midfielder, I think he's worth kind of like bringing in to see what he can do. I mean, as a 5.0 player, he's probably going to be on my bench most weeks. But if he if he does produce, you could see him, you know, price rise. He's going to be better than a lot of those other midfielders who are 5.0 or under. So basically, I moved him out 
as quick as I could in terms of Bailey because I did not want to uh, lose value there. But um, there's not a lot of options in terms of your cheap midfielders because I'm assuming everyone has um, Pereira's already. So, like, you know, your, your options are a little bit limited there for cheap midfielders. I would agree, and I think Dewsbury Hall's better. He's on a better team. Although Brentford aren't bad and they tied, I think De Silva's a trap. Like, yes, he scored against, you know, Man Man United this week, but it was a terrible goalkeeping error, and he got taken off at half. So I don't like that. Was he have, like, Obviously, three shots overall? Yeah, two or three. And his other shot was way outside the box. It was a great shot, but I, I don't – I don't like that unless you're planning to rotate your four and a half mids or just play with two or three midfielders. Obviously, the ideal situation would be you drop someone down and probably increase up to Martinelli or Rodrigo, but I know not everyone could do that, but I think that's another better option if you can do it. Great. Um, Next question, um, kind of still on the Aston Villa train, who at least I knew to kind of avoid this team. Um... But the rest of my team is terrible, so can't judge. Uh, Dinge and Cash replacements. Any 4.5 or 5.0 defenders that you're interested in? Um, Let's see. So, like, that one is a little bit interesting. I think Cucurella could be an interesting replacement if you have 5.0. Given how he was played in this last Chelsea match. and, And Chelsea have kind of a nice schedule coming up here. Um, I don't know. It's it's one of those tough situations. Like I I generally like Aston Villa as a team, um, and maybe I'm biased because of you know the Steven Gerrard factor. But like, you know, they play Crystal Palace and then West Ham, but then they they have a run of like some pretty tough games. So like, if you can move one of those guys out, if you have the funds for a Cucurella, um, I I think that would probably make a lot of sense i mean you could look at like a gabriel as well as a 5.0 defender 4.5 is a little bit more of a a difficult a difficult price range for a defender replacement who's going to get you some returns i don't know do you have any idea of like who would be a good 4.5 defender I think their fixtures are tough, but I do think Newcastle, like, you know you can start them at home. And so Shar, who's already up to 4.6, or Burn or Botman, would make sense. Um, Saliba, I mean, as an Arsenal guy, I think Saliba's better than uh, Ben White, but I can't guarantee that Saliba's going to start every game. But he would be someone that, if you're willing to take a little bit of a risk at a 4.5, I think he's also a good call because he's got better fixtures than Newcastle. But yeah, I agree with you. I think Cucurella looks like a season-long hold. Um, He looks great. Chelsea got hosed, and I hate to say that, but like... Oh, that game was like... Absolutely, yeah. like, despicable in terms of the refereeing and... and refereeing, yeah. I mean, like, Havertz got fouled on the first one, and then the second one, like, definitely a foul on the corner. I, I don't... Chelsea defensively looked really good, and I made this mistake last year going triple D when they kind of fell apart in the middle of the season, but defensively they look solid so i just don't see how you can't go cucarella at five like i would love to bring him in and honestly i'll talk about what i did with my team but i almost regret not going straight to him um so yeah i i would agree with you what about what about Uh, nico williams like 
would you drop would you yeah. consider dropping down to Nico Williams as a 4.0 defender um, so his expected is actually pretty good so I I forget the numbers exactly but he's one of the top like five or six defenders for expected goal involvement which is kind of crazy like I I watched a lot of that game and it didn't seem like he had any any involvement really um, but I don't think you can bank on Forrest getting clean sheets I mean no. like West Ham hit the crossbar twice and then had a penalty save like I wouldn't be like oh yeah I can play Nico this game they're gonna get a clean sheet like that just doesn't seem like a good idea I'm trying to look up his who's got the like yeah so interestingly Cucurella is already number two for goal involvement for defenders um, up there with Reese James and then yeah where I guess this is maybe a different system but I thought Williams was actually a little bit higher. I can't. Let me see if I can so search him. Like, based we'll... on the models, he's not expected to get very many points over the next five game weeks. Yeah. Um, he's like expected 12 fantasy points. But he's owned by almost uh, 51% of the elite managers in FPL. So I don't, yeah. I, he, you know, if he, if he's an enabler, that's one thing. But if you can drop one of those Aston Villa assets down to Nico Williams, either hold your next transfer and then, you know, bolster someone in the midfielder to the forward position, I don't, I think that's a, it's a viable option. He seems like he's on a lot of free kicks and uh, like um, set plays, like corners and things like that. So I could see him like you know being an emergency sub. the The next few fixtures aren't that great. I think they play Everton and then they play Spurs and City. So it's not like it's not like you need to get him in immediately. But he could be a viable option moving forward if you need a low budget enabler and just someone to move out for one of those players. It just kind of depends on your team makeup. Like if you have a player who's on your bench who you want to get rid of and you need a four point player. You could definitely kind of fill in and at least provide like a few points each game week and provide some coverage there. Yeah, that's a fair point. Actually, he's fourth for goal involvement of defenders right now, only behind Trent, Reese James, and at Nori of Wolves. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I don't disagree with that, and I think that's the mistake I make every year as I go big at the back and I feel like there's more goals at the beginning of the season and it's harder to keep clean sheets yeah. I don't know how true that is I'd love some stats on that at some point but it's too in depth for me I don't have enough time I don't um, too, too I don't know the numbers dinners. I just my sense is like it's it's harder to predict the clean sheets it's yeah. maybe not easier to predict the attacking returns, but at least if you have players who are in those attacking positions that you're going to capitalize on those attacking returns when they do happen. So like my my thinking is always go for those those basically outside backs or wing backs that that have attacking potential. Um, I don't tend to go for the center backs who have like maybe, you know, they get up for a corner or something like that and they're a goal threat, but Otherwise, they're not really involved in the attack. It's just, it's too hard to predict and it's it's pretty inconsistent. So, um, you know, I, that's that's like all I can offer at this point. But I think we need a little bit more time too. We need to see how these teams shake out and who kind of emerges as potential like cheap enabler options. 
Yeah, that's fair. Um, all right, next question. What do we do with Mount? I don't know who put that one on there. Possibly your co-host. Uh, hard to say. Yeah, um, well, Mount <laughs> is a funny player. So Jim was super high on Mount preseason, and I don't know if he convinced you to have Mount. He was... So Mount was in one of my preseason drafts where I was like, oh, you know, like Jim Jim has, you know, he's onto something. I think that maybe Mount could be the guy with Chelsea and some of the changes in the lineups. But, you know, Chelsea have not performed super well. I mean, they haven't had like a cakewalk of a schedule. But also, like, I don't know that Mount has been extremely involved or, or looking, you know, like the main guy or the, you know, the... He's not. He's been terrible. Yeah. Like, he had one decent shot outside the box this last game. But, yeah, he just doesn't seem involved. Sterling seems way more involved. And I don't – that one I'm not going to blame Jim on. The The Jesus thing, he, he made me scared, and I shouldn't have listened to him. But I did think Mount was going to be a little bit better against kind of bad – fixtures but they they Chelsea also just seem to not be attacking very much in these games um everything's still coming through their wing backs like their their first goal against Spurs was when they moved James out wide finally like yeah. I don't know Tuchel like maybe consider that rather than tucking him inside I, I not that hard of a decision there but I guess I don't get paid the big bucks but yeah I think I'm gonna try to move him to Diaz um especially with all these Liverpool injuries. What about the upcoming fixtures? I mean, Chelsea have a little bit in in terms of like fixture difficulty. They have some better fixtures coming up here than they did the first two game weeks. Do you think yeah. this is a situation where it's maybe uh, uh, patience is a virtue instead of, you know, moving out for the next best 8.0 midfielder? Yeah, I I think that's fair. Um, I'm going to put this on hold. I have my door locked and I have to let people in and I'll be right back. <laughs> Second pause. LOL. Your staircase is so nice. All right, back to Mount. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess you're right, but like, was Everton a difficult fixture? And they they got two yeah. goals against Spurs, and he just didn't seem at all involved. I I don't know. I I don't think it's wrong to hold. I'm just really nervous because he just doesn't seem to have very good underlying numbers, and the eye test kind of proves it too. Yeah. So. No, I feel you. He's he's so he has the seventh highest projected points in the next five game weeks, based on yeah. FPL well, review. So like that's kind of what I, I use, but I don't. I, I don't know. know. I don't know. I, that's why I didn't deal with it right now. I'm like, oh, I'll hold him. Like Saka is even worse. I had Saka and and Mount, and it's like every other like six to eight price mids like banging goals, and I have the two guys that can't do anything. Saka just seems like completely disinterested in the game, in my opinion. He's super wide, so I don't know. It's, it's tough. These eight mids just didn't seem to work out this year, and 
I thought they were going to start out really good. Um, but mm. moving into yeah. <laughs> kind of a sim- similar situation, what do you think about – you're the Liverpool guy. You know, Darwin's now suspended for three games. Does that, like, make you more interested in Diaz? Do you have thoughts about, like, what's going to happen? Is Mo going to play up top more? What do you think? I honestly have no idea. So I know that they're dealing with some injuries. I know that, you know, like Firmino was injured, so that's why Nunez got the start. It's a complicated situation for me to be like, oh, yeah, you know, like Diaz straight into my team. He's already in my team, so that makes it easy. But I, I, in general, I just think that Liverpool, this is going to be a more of a, it's going to be more of a rebuilding year for them so that they're, you're going to need more patience with some of these other assets. I, I mean, my hope is that, you know, that Diaz and Salah can continue to perform from an FPL perspective as they're playing like Man U, who's in complete shambles. But my concern is that Liverpool have not looked that good or that dominant compared to like last season. And I think they're missing something with, with the absence of Mane. The fact that Darwin has this three-game suspension now and Firmino, you know, like being questionable and being injured. I just, I don't know how they're going to line up. I don't know if that, that opens the door a little bit. Uh, it's, it's, it basically just gives me more, more pause for thought and, and concern rather than like, oh yeah, you know, this guy's gonna, gonna fill in and basically be the striker. Um, you know, my hope is this next game week that Solid just completely obliterates Man U but I also have some concerns there. So I personally am not going to captain Salah. Um, I have oh, Salah wow. and Diaz, but I'm going to captain Jesus. I'm going to go with yeah. uh, with my religious gut here and, and captain Jesus against Bournemouth. Um, yeah, that's a big intuition thing because, I mean, Salah's like third for expected anytime scoring just behind Holland and Kane, and obviously gets the extra point. So I have it on Salah as of right now, but... I feel you. I mean, like, the number of injuries that they're dealing with, like, it catches up to you at some point. Um, Salah's still Salah, but, like, he does seem to be someone that, obviously, he needs the ball distributed to him. He's not going to just create everything where, like, Jesus just looks like he'll do whatever. Like, you could put – I mean, Arsenal are, are way better this year. They started off the season 0-3 last year. They're 2-0. and They have Bournemouth away. Yeah, yeah I, I don't think it's wrong to go there. Um, the only other – well, actually, we have one other question, and then we'll get to Man City. Uh, Kendo, is Rodrigo the real deal? Um, I did put some stats in on this one, and obviously it's early, but he had eight shots on goal, seven in the box over these last two games, and two big chances with an XG of 1.44, only behind Holland, Mitro, and Jesus, his goal involvement just in general is only behind Grob from Brighton. Um, so, and with the Bamford injury, I think it gets better for him. So, I think he's the real deal personally. I think he's a reasonable person to bring in. And in fact, I could see you doing it instead of Martinelli. I just think Martinelli's fixture this week's better. But after that, Leeds have pretty good fixtures. Yeah, game week four, you got Brighton, Everton, Brentford, and Nottingham. I think, like, after this Chelsea fixture, he could be my next transfer. Mm-hmm. Um, just looking to capitalize on that. I mean, 
uh, it's hard to ignore someone who's been so productive, but also um, have a, have like one or two of his goals been kind of like lucky or fortunate where he like basically yeah. just like poached something or like you know capitalized on 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 a very like simple score or something like that i didn't see the last two goals i mean his first goal game week one was a near post shot on saw that i would think saw saves eight out of ten times or nine out of ten times but he snuck it in there um so yeah that's hard to say but leads do tend to be a very attacking team and that hasn't changed under marsh it seems like which is good i think that's good for them um but yeah i'm the same way it's like we have a lot of these like 5.5 players and and lower like i have neto i'd much rather have rodrigo um so yeah i i think he's the real deal i don't do i think he's gonna score like 20 goals this season no but could i see him hitting 10 yeah i don't i don't think that's too outside the the reach of his like potential right now so like all right talk about season long holds would you rather have rodrigo or martinelli for the season um yeah i would rather have martinelli but the only thing that makes that a little bit tricky obviously is arsenal have europa so what's going to happen with that? We don't know. I think Martinelli is going to be benched for those games to start. But yeah, and then you got yeah, um, those, what's his yeah. face coming back? What's what's the the number uh, ten for Arsenal? Smith, what's his name? Smith Rowe. Yeah, Smith yeah, Rowe. he's coming back, right? He kind of rotates in that yeah, left wing spot. I don't think he's as good of a wing player. I think he honestly should rotate more with Odegaard personally. But I do agree that's that's his spot. I think that the way I would look at it is why not both and why not rotate them? Because they're going to do a lot better than your 4.5s and 5s. So if you can swing it, great. If not, you know, I get it. But I think that's something you can maybe like see how their fixtures rotate because those teams, if they're playing poor opposition, they tend to do well. If they're playing good opposition, they don't tend to do well. And, and maybe that'll change with Arsenal, but Arsenal that typically like when they play man city it's like it's done they're not going to do much so i think it's fair that martinelli would be my pick with your question but i think rodrigo is a good like just behind martinelli i think it's a lot closer than people want to admit definitely Um, on my watch list for sure yeah the only other team we didn't talk about is man city um I mean, is there much to talk about there? Do you think it's just double Man City defense and Holland? Do you think there is some well, like aspect? Foden, obviously, I mean, so like yeah. De Bruyne obviously is just like an amazing player, and I don't know, you know, like from an FPL's perspective, if if he's someone that you would rather have than like um, Salah. I I think I'm still kind of. You know, not not looking for Kevin, um, but Foden. Foden is a guy that I'm like. He's in that 8.0 bracket, right? And yeah. he has produced fairly well in the first two game weeks. Uh, do you think he'll continue to produce, or do you think he's just like? So my my problem with City assets is that just it's like 
whoever ruse the day uh, for for city is going to get those points. It's not like you know there's one single person. Sometimes it's going to be Goondoggy. Sometimes it's going to be Holland. Sometimes it's going to be KDB. Sometimes it's Foden. Sometimes it's Mares. Like there's no consistent performer. Do you think there's any? Do you think anything about uh, Foden moving forward being kind of more of a consistent performer? I personally, I do not, but I, I'm curious what you think about. You know, he's been the guy so far who's been pretty successful for them. Like, do you think about bringing him in at all? So, <clears throat> basically, him and him and Goondog are basically tied for goal involvement and they're both very low right now um again that's partially because of the minute situation like you touched on like i think goondog played 75 minutes the first game and then 64 the second and Foden got subbed off at half which is like a really big turnoff i mean i know he scored a goal and got an assist but like ah i mean he only played 46 minutes like when they're not playing bournemouth that's rough um that being said, I don't think their defense is going to continue to get cleans every single week. But but obviously, you're paying a lot less. So to me, the 5.0 defenders make more sense. So I would lean toward Walker or Ake. I think they're going to cover those midfielders. But I do think KD, solid KDB is something that slightly intrigues me. I want to see what he does against Man United. And I want to see what he does against Bournemouth. But then after that, I, I don't know. I mean, KDB may just be the answer to save you that extra mil. Um, if he could stay healthy and he plays yeah. every single game week and they're dominant, like yeah. maybe that's a consideration. Every, everything's going to go through him. He's going to either get assists or he's going to get goals from shots outside the box. I think, I think it's reasonable. I think the tough thing is you never know when to captain him, in my opinion, where Sal is usually... A, a little bit easier to tell, but yeah, yeah tomato, tomato, so. tomato, tomato, as they say. All right, uh, Captain shouts. So you already gave your captain, uh, Jesus. I have it on Sala as of right now, but Jesus is definitely the vice captain for me, and that could definitely change. Um, so your plan was you took out Bailey. Who did you bring in? So I brought in Dewsbury Hall, and I brought in Martinelli. And- I subbed out okay. Bailey and Rashford. Okay. Um, so no hits. That's good. No, no, I, I, I did a take a hit. I I took oh. a minus four because I, I I do a transfer every week. I don't bank a transfer. Some. Oh, I mean, you brought I, in Holland. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I had Kane to start the season, so I brought in Holland. Um, game week two. Okay. So like, God. my situation is I'm probably gonna try my best to hold this week bank a transfer get some some solidity in my lineup and then figure out kind of what my moves are and when when i'm going to play that wild card because i think the wild card we're going to have to think about that a little bit more this season but Mm. like the wild card is going to come earlier than it normally would because of the world cup situation so i may be wild carding in game week six or seven so it it kind of just throws a, a little bit of a wrench into the plans there. So my goal is as long as no one gets injured, I'm going to hold my transfer this week and then try to pick up two frees for the uh, game week five situation. 
I'm hoping for that too, but I'm really tempted to fuck Mount off if he does if he doesn't get like a goal against Leeds. I don't like if he can't score against Leeds, like I don't know. I we'll see. Um and then I my moves were Sokka to Martinelli, because Sokka was just so peripheral. He just didn't seem very involved. And then um, Bravo I got rid of, which sucks. I think Bravo will do fine, but I needed the extra funds because I went 4.5 up to Jesus. So I brought in Ake. I kind of regret not bringing in Cucurella, but Man City are Man City, so I, I'm fine with it. Um, so yeah, that's what I did. We do have some bonus questions. Uh, Sterling Effort wrote in, my wife is due to give birth in three weeks. Should I take a work trip where it would take me at least six hours to get home door to door? Um, yeah, I would say that's not a good idea. Like, I feel like you should be there for the birth of your child. Is the that's storm coming? Me. <laughs> like, you mean, like, wait, what? All right. So, personal experience. My daughter right. was born right before a large storm rolled into town and apparently i don't know if this is true or not but the uh the nurses in the birthing unit said that they always see an increase in uh births right before or at the beginning of a major storm system rolling through I don't know if yeah. that's related to barometric pressure, if that's just like coincidental and they're just like making it up because they're just like whatever. Like, um, so right. so check the forecast. See <laughs> see if there's a big storm coming into town. Uh, let's see. You're due to give birth in three weeks. Is the I mean my question is like is the work trip like now like today? <laughs> Is it I'm assuming he's weeks? asking if he shouldn't be present for the birth of his child, which seems like a weird question to me. Like, do you think he's afraid of like being there and fainting? That's what I want to know. So that, that, you know, that's important consideration. Like, maybe he's he's like, how can I spin this so that I'm away so I don't have to witness all of the carnage? But I can <laughs> be like, oh, sorry, love, I wasn't able to be there for your birth. That's my yeah. best impression of Sterling effort. Hopefully, that's not too 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 it seems far accurate. off. Um, so, so my advice is take your work trip. Uh, labor generally lasts like you know a long time unless it's like a quick labor, which uh, you know depends on the series. You know, like which child this is. If it's the first one, the labor's a little bit longer. Uh, so you're going to have some warning signs is what I'm trying to say. So you will know yeah. like probably well before six hours before that child arrives that you are going to need to be there. So uh, I, th I think you're probably safe. I also don't know like the transportation situation, if there's complications, like if you have to wait for a train and you're like, you're waiting on a train to arrive and like, meanwhile, your wife is like, or your partner's, you know, mid labor. That could be a little complicated. My general, yeah, my really, general sense is, is like you want to be there, but if you want to avoid most of the the pain and suffering, um, maybe you just go on that work trip, you know, and then you come home and you're like, boom, I'm here, and then the baby's there, and you're like, nailed it, nailed. Yeah, it seems risky. All right, next question. Bobby Love wrote in, uh, "Fuck bitches or get money." 
Um, why not both, Bobby? Why not both? Yeah, I think it's it's get money and then fuck bitches is yeah. kind of like how the world works, right? Yeah. Can you I mean, I can think you speak shallow, to uh, but... your own personal experience because you are getting money currently? <laughs> uh, well, I'm happily married, Nick, so I don't know about the that second part. All right, so so, so wink if uh, the second part is true, but you don't want to uh, to articulate that verbally. <laughs> Uh, All right, he's winking, folks. He's winking. For the record, he's winking. (laughs) For the record. All right, last question that looks like it got a late write-in. What species of bird uh, produces the best feather for tickling? For tickling. Um, Yeah, for tickling. For sexual tickling. I don't know. Yeah. You're the veterinarian. Like, wouldn't you you know? Owl? Why owl? Yeah. Uh, Like, I don't know. Jake, you're the feathers are more in, more subtle. In two weeks, you need to be tickling like <laughs> like all aspects of uh, several people's bodies. So I would yeah. I would expect you to have the right kind of feathers for that situation. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna do some research on that and I'll get back to you. You, you don't know off the top of your head. Around. Are you like what? Yeah, I don't. How would you rank yourself in terms of vets who understand like animals? Would you rank yourself uh, I mean, near I th- the bottom? I think I know somewhat what I'm doing, but but you can't comment on like feathers for tickling yeah. at all. Like you can't even say anything. Like, Isn't that a personal thing? Like, wouldn't it depend on the person? Person. All right. Person? So, for example, a peacock has a pretty like large feather uh, that allows you decent range for tickling. It also has like little like uh, I don't know the technical term, but like fluffy things on the side. Which I would yeah. I would say enhance the tickling experience. Down. So you're yeah. not, you're you're okay. just like unable to comment on anything related to bird feathers, even well, though you're extensive medical like, training in bird anatomy. Well, I'm just saying some people may enjoy a peacock feather, but other people may enjoy like a, a hawk feather, or you know. But you're, Ryan may yeah, enjoy you're, you're a, the tickling an expert. Eagle feather. I don't know. You're the so, tickling expert. What 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 feather do you prefer to use on your subjects? Oh, got you. I'd prefer ostrich. Ostrich, and why ostrich? Um, just you know the texture and the the size. It's it's perfect. Is what I. What would about say. Uh, like size? Obviously, it's big. What's the texture like? Uh, you know, like firm, but not too firm. Just that right amount of firmness. Do you ever go exotic say. species like a scarlet macaw or something like endangered, <laughs> like a kiwi? I think that's tougher if they're endangered because then it becomes more of like an ethical issue. So I would try to stay away from that. I mean, there's a reason they're endangered, right? Like part of it is because people are eating them and part of it is because people are using their feathers to provide sexual stimulation. Yeah. yeah, I never thought about it that way. I guess that's a fair point. Yeah. So, uh, passenger pigeon, how do you feel about that one? <laughs> I would think that's not a very good feather, personally. But, and why? Um, they, they seem, like, kind of soft and squishy. Yeah. Like, I just don't know if that would work very well. Okay. All right, well, we'll leave it at that. Um, 
<laughs> if you're a Patreon, you can uh, be a super subscriber and you'll get exclusive access to the videos of Jake tickling various members of this podcast with various types of feathers that he has procured from his veterinarian business. If you're interested in something like that, you can uh, become a super subscriber, as I mentioned. Uh, you want to w- tell them how, how they can also connect with us? Yeah, you guys can also connect with us on Twitter at DiveFPL, um, Insta, The Art of the Dive. I think I'm actually going to focus on that this week and get that rolling. Um, You're going to do more Insta then, stuff? Yeah, I'm going to do some Insta what stuff. Are you maybe there'll be some pictures of, of me with maybe feathers, me with different getting types the of feathers. feathers. Ready. Um, <laughs> and then online, uh, DiveFPL.com, although I don't think we've updated that in a long time. So we'll just um, delete that one. Yeah, we'll delete that one. Uh, but download our pod on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher. We do really appreciate the listens and everything that the members do. Um, we're going to try to be more involved and stop eating so much dinner. So we'll work on that. Uh, but everyone, enjoy your week. Remember, it's a game. So if you suck, you know, just quit. It's going to be all right. What else no, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Um, so I'm, I'm Jake. I'm Nick. And remember, you should die.